0: everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mixing It Up with Maggie. We're continuing today with our February theme, um, Chicas and Margaritas Roundtable on Sex, Love, and Relationships. For the first two episodes, please look at the link down below. I want you guys to make sure to listen in to the first two parts. This is the third part out of four parts. So for this third part, we're going to be talking about breakups and self-care. And we have with us Megan Nylon. We're going to be doing a much more intimate show today very intimate show today and we're going to be talking about breakups and self-care before we started i guess like we were just like briefly talking about our breakups and i was telling you before that i had one main like big breakup so far in my life very dramatic breakup um back in 2013 december 31st yeah new year's so it's always been a trigger for me. After that, um, but I found out that my boyfriend was cheating on me, and it was with somebody that I knew, somebody that was in somehow in my friend in my circle of friends, and someone else in my circle of friends knew about it and didn't tell me. So it was like a triple betrayal, and I didn't really know how to handle it. I was twenty-three. And we were in, in a very good spot. Like, I, I was extremely surprised that he cheated. We weren't, We didn't have a fight. It's not like we had a fight and he left and he came back and he cheated. And um, I didn't know, again, like, I didn't know how to handle it. I think I made a lot of mistakes over that. But I'm glad that it happened early on in my life.
1: Well, what kind of mistakes?
0: I think I was in a very self-destructive path and it never got to the point where i can say you know i i did something or like i committed a crime i mean it went through my mind don't get me wrong like i i would just always think like if i see that bitch um that was me all the time like on the train like oh my god what if this is the day i'm gonna see her you know um or or i wish that i had like some sort of like magical powers to turn her into a toad or whatever but I I did, like, I would, like, text her um, from another number and, like, tell her stuff. Um, or I would randomly text him or call him and, like, go off on him. And I just felt like I, my mom had been cheated on by my dad years before. And she, I never saw her go off. Oh. So I felt like I took out. I didn't have like that opportunity to like sit down and like tell my dad like everything that I felt about his breakup with my mom so I took it out on on my ex because he knew also how I felt about cheating and how this has affected me and and everything but I, um, I was also like overeating and over drinking and just feeling like this was my fault somehow that I had done something wrong and even though there were moments where he did reassure me that it wasn't there were other moments where like he would say certain things and i think it was just out of anger because i was literally not leaving him alone like i i i was really bad like i would text him um if i was feeling a certain way if i wasn't feeling good that day um i'll text him then it became like oh well maybe we can be friends kind of thing And I think one of the worst things I did, I don't regret that. I don't regret it a hundred percent, but like I started dating and a few months later and it, it didn't, it didn't go well. And I would call him and tell him how these horrible dates went.
1: But my question to you is what, what do you think was going to happen by calling him and constantly telling him i mean do you think a part of you still felt like you were in a relationship with him and you were calling him because you were guilty or do you think that maybe eventually he would do something to make you want to get back together with him or what was the purpose of telling him all this information
0: i for the most part felt like i was cheating on him for some reason
1: how long did you go out with your ex for
0: we went out for like four or five years on and off and then
1: how long into the relationship did he cheat on you
0: year three that whole I want to say it was like six or seven months of just like just self-destructive behavior and I'm very happy that I at least got to go out with my girlfriends I think that's one of the first things I did I went out with you and my friend Iselle and we went out drinking, and I remember texting him like obscenities. But like, I mean, it 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 was what it was, and I learned a lot from it. But um, what about you? What was, what was your breakup like? And then we can talk about what what we learned from it.
1: Well, I've I've had two relationships one one for less than a year, one for I would say about five years, a little bit more. But it was really the first breakup, I think that hit me harder I guess it was the first experience of what that's like um and I think I had some some mental health issues going on as well so that made it even worse um I was away from family I'd been studying abroad in London um I had an anxiety disorder that I didn't realize until after the breakup and I started seeing a therapist um and so there were a lot of factors going on um and it was it was a really difficult it was a lot of pain. I didn't think, you know, I I kind of had my first relationship l- later, you know, in like my my uh, when I was twenty and twenty one, um, and I'd seen friends go through breakups, but I don't think I fully grasped how
0: horrible they were
1: until it actually happened. Um, I wasn't.
0: And you had it you had it before me, and I kind of saw you going through that breakup and I and I had no idea what breakups were at that point so
1: yeah well anyone who knows me knows that I wear my heart on my sleeve I don't hide things very well um so when I came when I came back so I I broke up with my first boyfriend when I was in London over Skype and when I got back from London a few weeks later, I was back in New York City, and I was 21 for the first time. So I was going out a lot. I was drinking. I'd actually taken up smoking cigarettes. Um, part of, mostly to do with the breakup, but also I was I was in Europe. That sounds cheesy, but a lot of people <laughs> smoke cigarettes there. I'd had a friend who came to visit me, who's a smoker too. Um, so yeah, I was smoking cigarettes. I was drinking so much. I was in pain almost every night, and I was just drinking. Um, I I did sleep with a few men, kind of that summer after the breakup. But I, it was all healthy sex. I used protection. It was all with men that I felt comfortable with. So out of everything that I did after the breakup, I think maybe that was the healthiest. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was it was enjoyable. I I you know, I I wanted to have sex and um, there were these attractive men and I have fun stories to kind of go along that. Um, you know, a fun night in Barcelona, um, a few fun nights in New York City. Um, and again, I was using protection. So we're a show that really advocates for using protection. Yes.
0: I was also using protection. I don't, <laughs> want, I don't want anybody to think that I wasn't, but I, I was using protection. Well, you
1: know, because my thing is like you you should feel free to sleep around. I don't think anyone should not sleep around if it's something that you want to do and you're not doing it because you're an addict or anything like that. I as long as you're using protection, I don't think it's a bad thing, as long as you're being safe
0: too. What's your breakup about cheating or something else? Because I think it matters. I think when you are had been cheated on, like for example myself, sex is not is so enjoyable because you're kind of looking for like that missing piece of like, what the hell did I do wrong? And kind of rebuilding your self-confidence and not really and learning that self-confidence comes from you and not from somebody else being like hey you're sexy let me sleep with you and I think that's why the reason for the breakup didn't have to do with cheating Mm
1: -hmm. I guess it had to do with the distance I guess it probably had to do with the fact that I was you know I had separation anxiety and the person that I was with I feel like wasn't really good at at actions to keep the long distance relationship going you know I think um, I'm someone who needs you know if I'm in a long distance relationship I want to hear from you um and when that wasn't happened I'd get upset and then I'd freak out and then I'd be like oh my god where are you what are you doing are you cheating on me and then this cycle would continue um and we were kind of it was kind of a weird thing too because we were kind of an open relationship in a way so I but we weren't I wasn't like we had agreed we could be in an open relationship, but I never divulged that information. Um, So I wouldn't consider that cheating just because we had kind of had that arrangement before it happened. Um, Not with sex, but, you know, with kissing people or.
0: Yeah, because you guys were in the long distance. And I know a lot of couples that do that uh, agreement where it's like if something does happen, as long as you are honest and you tell me. It it, it it is what it is Or like yeah. When you come back then we're like okay again But that a was the weird
1: thing cause I never divulged that so, But I still wouldn't consider it I don't know I didn't consider it cheating To be honest I don't think I should have gone I don't think this long distance relationship Should have continued because it I had been dating someone for I don't know five months or so And then it became long distance And I don't think looking back I probably sh- should have broken up with that person To begin with because I don't think the relationship Was strong enough to sustain long distance? Like, broken
0: it off and then con- continued it if you would have come back or something Maybe. like that, in yeah. a way. Like, yeah. given a break.
1: Exactly. Because I, after a few months, I just think it's really hard. And it was my first relationship. I was 20. The other person was 21. And long distance relationships are hard. They take work. And I don't know that there was enough to merit the long distance, the struggle that comes with the long distance relationship. So I think that contributed
0: to some of our problems. Um, so we we kind of talked a little bit about like self-destructive tendencies that we had um during our breakups because you had another breakup like i i i didn't have like another like major breakup at least not yet um Hopefully what were the <laughs> that, <stays> that long. <laughs> what was or what is something that you learned from your first breakup that you took into your second one that for your second one not to be maybe as unhealthy well
1: well, there was one night that I distinctly remember and I think this is a good lesson not just uh, to do with breakups but in life in general I was skyping with my aunt who's a really cool aunt and I just remember feeling so much pain so just my whole body I didn't know what to do with it and I remember talking to her and I'm like, I wish I just had like a whole bag of drugs in front of me. Cause I would just do all of them just to escape this. And she was like, okay. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. And she said, okay, so, and I was like, well, well, I'm in pain. I don't want to feel this way. And she was like, well, why don't you want to feel that? And I was like, it, it, it's miserable. It hurts. And she's like, are you going to die from that pain? I think that was the first time that I realized it's okay to sit with your pain and it's okay to feel really shitty and you to get over a breakup you sort of have to sit with that and that this doesn't have to do with breakups this has to do with This could do with a death in the family this could do with losing a job this could do with a number of life factors that go on I was so it was okay to sit with my pain and I I don't know this this last breakup has been a little strange for me I don't think I'm I'm fully out of the breakup mode yet even though it's been over a year I definitely knew that it was okay to sit with the pain and I have done that. I don't think I've extracted all the pain from myself yet. I think this breakup's a little stranger. It's more, it's not as intense, but it's more, it's longer lasting in a way. So it's just different. It's a different experience of pain. But I think just knowing that it's okay to feel what I'm feeling is really important. And just to experience it. Because if you don't experience it, it's just going to delay And then you're going to have all this emotion bottled up in you, which isn't healthy.
0: Yeah, I think for me, the main one of the main things I learned was that I know that for the most part, it takes two to, you know, to be in a relationship and then to to break up. But um, this whole thing, especially with cheating, like when you blame yourself, um, I learned and even like this person then later on told me like, hey, by the way, like, I had like self-esteem issues and this person kind of like threw themselves at me and it was like rubbing my ego basically, um, reminded me that it's not always your fault. Um, sometimes people cheat and it, or, or I want to say that cheating has a lot to do with the person who was doing the cheating like something internally for them is not 100 percent fulfilled and the person that was cheated on we start trying to figure out why and we and i went crazy trying to figure out why going through every single detail of our relationships over and over again like I would read text messages and like I am messages and stuff like that trying to dissect like where did I go wrong and I was driving myself crazy because it was nothing that I particularly did it was it was this person's and this person's emotions and feelings and his background and his other relationships and his self-esteem and you know um being at a certain age and not being where he wanted to be but then you know, I, I think at one point, like he didn't have a job and I had a job and like things like I'm I'm not justifying that. I'm just saying that sometimes it has a lot to do with the person's ego and not exactly like, oh, this person didn't do what they were supposed to.
1: I think it's something that's really complex. There was actually a great podcast um, on the Atlantic that I listened to maybe two months ago. Um, and they it was an interview with a relationship counselor and the whole episode was on cheating and she was discussing how there's so many different reasons for cheating and there are ways to recover from it I'm not saying that you did nece- that that's something that you need to do in that situation but there's so many different factors that go into it and also different kinds of cheating it doesn't always have to be sexual cheating I just I think the point she was trying to make is it's its more complex than like oh this thing you know, this person's a shitty person I mean obviously you're going to feel like that and I'm not saying the person who did that to you isn't a shitty person I just think it's a really complicated issue with a lot of different
0: uh, factors
1: that go into it
0: what was something that you did to cope with the madness of your breakup
1: well I would agree with you what you said earlier just about hanging out with friends Um, because I really did lean on them and they were there when I wanted to talk Um, and vent and just go out and have fun socialize because I think when you when you break up from someone with someone you you get to realize how special your friends are because sometimes when you're in a relationship your focus your main focus is on that relationship and I think once you're out of that to appreciate the friendships that you have is really important and that you can lean on these individuals as well who probably knew you better than that partner in the first place I I also started seeing a therapist which was really helpful after my first breakup I would recommend I'm you if anyone knows me you know I'm always saying oh go to therapy go to therapy but it's true I felt like I learned I learned a lot about what was going on um that maybe contributed to my relationship after lasting for you know over five years um I mean obviously there was some stuff going on that just
0: mm-hmm. we,
1: we're never going to work out in that second relationship. But with therapy, you just, you learn, uh, I learned how to be okay with being upset and um, mechanisms for coping with what was going on and learn how to communicate and just a lot of great stuff that I think helped me um, come out of that first breakup faster than I would have without a therapist.
0: Mm -hmm. I, because my breakup was, it, like uh, like a betrayal triple fold like it, friends were involved um i was still very grateful and i learned who was there for me at the end which is kind of like what you were saying about being with friends um you were there, Estelle was there my um my friend miguel was there i remember um at one point miguel was like maggie anytime that you need to call him because i went through a period also where i was just like if I don't talk to him, I feel like I'm gonna die. Like I had like heartache, like super heartache, and um, and he was like, "Maggie, if you need to talk to him, like why don't you just text me instead? Like text me what you want to say to him." Um, but for me, besides being with friends, I think I felt very creative in a way. Like I threw myself into writing. I I wrote pieces that I consider to be one of my best pieces, like of writing because of what I went through um and I remember also if I if I I, I de- definitely definitely writing for me was was another way to cope and uh trying to I guess like distract myself from the from the like having those moments of like okay am I I feel the pain, but then moments of like, I need to, well, I still need to go on with my life. Um, And uh, so, so, you know, having, having something to do like work and then also writing really helped me as well. All right. So I think this is going to be the fun part of the episode um let's start off with like a fun question what's like your favorite breakup song and why i have so many we're gonna put a list down below because i actually asked um some of the others chicas and margarita round table um young women to come up with like breakup songs that they love and they did so i'm gonna put a list down below i should make like a spotify playlist or something but since it's just you and me what, what was yours um, I love You Were Meant for Me by
1: Jewel. I think mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's definitely like a 90s song. Um, it feels a little dated, but I think it just speaks to how desperate and sad you are after a breakup and, and a little pathetic. <laughs> I think it does a good job of just um, expressing what that experience is like after a breakup. Um, also. I love this song, Green Light by Lord. It came out a little less than a year ago. I like this song because I like the lyrics. And I think Lord wants to describe the song as she imagined it being that drunk girl who's just been broken up with dancing alone in the middle of a bar because it, it has an upbeat tempo, which I like because I love to dance. But the lyrics are cool. It's all about a green light. It's all about like trying to let go and not being able to let go and... There's, I feel like people should give Lord more credit. Her lyrics are really great. And it's all about the green light, waiting for that green light to know when it's ready to move on from a relationship. Mm. Um, I also love Joni Mitchell's Blue album and Beck's album, Sea Change. Those are great. If you ever want to listen to really good musicians talk about breaking up. I have more,
0: but <laughs> I'll, I'll let you speak, Maggie. I think that... Uh... We should all, and and this is something again going back to like how did we cope and whatever. When I was talking about writing, um, thinking of like Taylor Swift and how she uses all of her breakups to write songs and get money out of them. But <laughs> since we're not Taylor Swift, we're just gonna we're just gonna sing along to to some great breakup songs. And um, I told I told some of the girls that um, I I don't know why when I think of breakup I think of Beyonce because I like uh, I like things like lost your mind I like me myself and I like kind of I think it's also like the the beat the beat are also um, like I like upbeat ones because then it doesn't make me feel that bad Um, I also like I care which I think for me was a, a song that then I realized you know what sometimes you put in so much effort into either trying to repair that relationship or um. you ask why doesn't this person care as much about this breakup as I do like you know um, going back to that what I was telling you before where I was like texting or I constantly calling and it's just like that person doesn't care it obviously you know you're you're sitting here you're like crying your eyes out your heart aches you're writing these thoughtful you know letters and poems and and you wish that you would express yourself to them and say listen this hurt me so much and this person doesn't reciprocate at all and it's like i still i still fucking care about it you know
1: or it's like why am i not awesome enough for you to want to do anything in your power to give back with me
0: exactly and i think um uh again it has to do with the person but um i don't i think if i if i want to cry like if i want to and I a cry fest i will listen to um, Selena, Selena Quintanilla, because in Spanish I just feel like there are certain things that are said in another in Spanish and like my native language that I just start crying. Mm-hmm. And my my friend Melissa and I, I any time the Selena comes on, we were like, we can't like. That's like we we call it like cortavena music, and it's like a very um, bad saying, but in Spanish it means like those songs that make you want to like cut yourself. I don't know. It, it there's a phrase like that and, it, and it's nothing to you know to say or to like make fun of people that um, are going through something like that but that's what they that's like the genre of music it's just so fucking painful to listen to those to those songs um, yeah but I think it, it can be ca- cathartic to just
1: listen to that music that's gonna make you cry and just bawl your eyes out in the privacy
0: of your bedroom and I think like the lonely Um, by Christina Perry. Yeah. Um, that went to me, I, I, I can't listen to the song if I'm not in like a good place. Um, it, it talks about being alone basically. Um, but then you also get angry and you start listening to something like Hold Up by Beyonce. You're like, what the fuck, man? Like,
1: or I love best thing. Best thing you never had.
0: Best thing you never had. Uh, uh, yeah. I like that one. Another well. great
1: Beyonce song.
0: There was somebody. Oh, Dancing on My Own by by Robin. Um, that's another one too. Yep.
1: That uh, line, stilettos and broken bottles. I'm spinning around in circles. I yes. feel like that's how I felt after the breakup.
0: <laughs> and like you go through those phases. Like I feel like when you break up, you go through in a way the stages of grief because you're grieving that relationship that is that is dead. Um and you go through like that time where like you're, you're, you're sad, but then you're angry and then you kind of accept it. And, um, I was talking to somebody about, um, Beyonce's Lemonade album because I, when I saw it, like the visual album, I felt like I was going through my breakup all over again. And I really, yes, it because- was very cathartic for me. Um, what's the best tip on self-care and embracing being alone so like once the breakup happens and we're going through this stage and we kind of talked a little bit about like coping mechanisms but um coping I think is one thing like coping with the actual breakup but self-care I think it's something a little different I think it's something much more intimate and I don't think it's like oh I have to go out with friends but it's like once you're by yourself, what 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 is, what is does that look like?
1: Well, people always talk about exercise after a breakup. I hate exercising, <laughs> so that's not something that I did um, or can speak to. I did a little bit, and every time I did exercise, I'd be like, oh, this makes me feel good, but then I just wouldn't do it again for weeks. So maybe you could do that, maybe that's your thing, that's not
0: really my coping mechanism. I actually, I I actually have to disagree with you with the exercise. I actually lost like 20 something pounds after my breakup and it was because I went to kickboxing and hitting something. I feel like it actually works. Like if you go in and and, like one of my first things I went in and I was like, Hey, like I just broke up with him and they're like, it's okay. We got you. Like, and you know, you punched a bag, um, a few times. Uh, I had, I had plenty of people to choose from to imagine punching that bag, um, the hardest part is those times when you're by yourself because even with exercise, so you're literally going outside, you're interacting with people, those moments of just completely alone and I think that that's okay. I think it's it's hard but you need those times where like either you're not doing anything or you know, you're listening to all these breakup songs on your, by yourself? My boss at the time, she lent me,
1: um, not lent me, she, she gave me five different books that I don't, that sounds a little cheesy. She gave me um, Cheryl Strayed's book, Wild. She also gave me um, collections from Cheryl Strayed's Dear Sugar um, online column. Um, she gave me the book, Eat, uh, Pray, Love. And there, there were a few others in there. Um, it All had to do with woman self empowerment, and I read all of those books on my own, and it really did help me. Especially the Dear Sugar column, because in that, in the those in the book that has the selections from the Dear Sugar column, it, a lot of them had to do with relationships and sort of unconventional true advice. But some of it just had to do with pain in general, and it was just nice to read that. So I would say reading is really important. Listening to music on your own. I also really enjoyed baking. Um, I love chocolate. So baking helped me as well.
0: It was harder for me to be by myself. But I'm so grateful. I binge watched a lot of stuff. Um, I didn't read as much as I should have, I think. Um, But I did end up learning that. Like, I feel like you have to be cool with being around yourself in a way.
1: I agree with that. I think that's something.
0: What happens also, you know, after you are by yourself and whatever and and people see that you are spending time by yourself, did you ever get any flack from like your family or friends for like being single? I mean, we have different, we're both women, but I feel like we have a different culture. So like I don't know if you get the same flax that I do.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't really feel that pressure. I'm lucky. I know. Well, you know, my parents married in their late twenties. So, you know, off the bat, there's no expectations from my parents. And they had dated since they were seventeen. So they got married in in their late twenties. I always knew I I Weddings aren't like a big or getting married has never been a pressure that I've even put on myself. I don't feel it from my parents. I don't even really feel it from society. And honestly, this sounds bad. I sort of judge people who get married in their early or mid 20s. In my head, I'm thinking, what are you doing? And I'm currently working at a job, uh, sort of a more conventional job. I work in healthcare now. And this is the first job that I have where People, they're not just living in New York City. They're coming from the suburbs and not not to diss the suburbs. I'm from Long Island. But I I see more people getting married early on or, or people in their early 20s who have been dating for a few years and and want that. And I just don't get that. I think, what are you doing? Don't you want this time to explore your life? Um, and I, I don't feel pressure about kids at all. Again, my parents waited until they were thirty one to have me. I'm the first child, so I think waiting is really good. And I don't, I don't feel that pressure. But that's that's me and that's my situation.
0: What about you, Maggie? I'm the complete opposite. I've always felt pressured. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one because my family is religious, and two because my family is La- is a Latino family, and I've always felt pressure even though randomly like my mom got married in when she was like 33 she had me when she was she was she got married when she was like 32 she had me when she was 33 yeah and um 33 34 and she was one of the last of her sisters to get married but it was still it's still viewed as something like what am I waiting for and I did one of my cousins um, she got married when she was 25 and she had her first child at the same age we both wanted to like be young moms we yeah we both wanted we felt because I had a a, a mom who was a little older than everybody else's mom when I was in high school and I was like oh if I can only have like a young mom like or I could be a, a young mom I'm gonna be so cool and her and I had like this kind of weird uh, desire to be young parents like we're going to be like these cool fun moms and she actually kind of accomplished her goal and I didn't and I asked her like oh isn't there anything that you want to do like before you get married or like before you had kids and she said she didn't like this is like she always wanted to like have like this kind of domesticated um, lifestyle but her parents were always together and I think that because I grew up in a um, single parent household and I saw divorce like with my own eyes, I'm much more skeptical about relationships and getting married. I also feel a lot of pressure from society because I went to an old girls school, and on my Facebook, it's like everybody every day it's like either somebody's getting married, somebody's getting engaged, somebody's having a baby and you know on facebook or on instagram social media people just post the good things i also think that there's still this kind of biological pressure also i know my uncle my my one of my uncles he was like you're 25 now so like do you ever want to have kids and i was like yeah i i i love i would love to be a mom and he was like well you know that train is leaving the station you know you're not you're not going to be young forever kind of thing um i was telling you before also that um even for example i was reading about these women in china they're called the leftover women and it was like if you're a certain age in in the you call them hamonas. where it's like you're after you hit i think maybe like 32 or even before that if you hit 30 and you're not married there's no there's no sign of of marriage or kids there's something wrong with you and they would tell you that there's something wrong with you um They would always offer to hook you up with somebody, pair you up with someone, um, and it's, it's there. I feel like there's still pressure from society, and I can't believe that you don't feel it. I don't feel
1: it at all. I mean, if you even think about shows like Sex and the City, I mean, that's just showing how cool life is for 30-somethings who aren't in relationships. I mean, they complain a lot about it a lot, but they're all, like, really cool women doing really cool things. They all have lives that you're kind of envious of.
0: Right, but the thing is that in the real world, like, for example, um, I had a cousin who was like, oh, oh, Maggie, but, like, you know, what do you want to do? Like, if you're not if you don't feel the pressure to like get married right now and I was like maybe 25 at that time as well I think once I hit 25 it was like whoa you're not in your early 20s anymore you know what what are you gonna do I was not in the best place in terms of like my job I was single and I didn't have the like I would I always say oh well you know I I want to write or like I want to travel but I'm not doing those things so there's always like if I was living a very cool life like um Carrie Brashaw yes definitely I would be oh I'm single I'm doing things um but I'm not and so because I haven't reached that that point I haven't reached that point in my career where I'm happy or like 100% happy with just being a hundred percent a career woman, but I do sometimes joke with my mom, and I would tell her like, "Mom, mom, like you have to be okay if I if I don't have kids or like if I stay single." It's still really hard for her to understand that she wants me to go to church and meet a good uh, Christian boy, um, but I don't think that's gonna happen for me. I really don't feel the pressure. I still can't believe you can't feel the pressure. I feel like. We all in a certain way, do I don't i don't know i i want, to, I want to totally be in that mood where I, like I don't I really don't i i mean part of it maybe because i've do you do you see yourself at all like be do you see yourself ever being like someone's wife and mom, so
1: when I was younger, I, I actually forgot I said this, but i I told one of my friends this, I think I was in middle school. And I had seen the movie Chocolat. And to me, there was something so... Obviously, I didn't know the realities of the situation. But I thought how cool would it be to be a single mom with one daughter traveling around the world. You fall in love with some gypsy man who looks like Johnny Depp. Or when I I was growing up, too, I had a... I was always... You know, I grew up in a in a family, I have parent two parents that are still together and I'm one of four kids and two boys, two girls. And I was sort of, obviously, I don't know the realities of this, this is me just being a kid, but I was sort of envious of my friends who, you know, were a single child and maybe just living with their mom they didn't come from a parent
0: we we can't all be gilmore girls okay (laughs) no exactly i but i was so
1: envious of that relationship in a way it was like they had a parent whose devotion was fully on them and they could watch fun teen movies together and talk about sex and relationships and Um, I, yeah, I never really pictured myself in this nuclear family. I mean, even now I'm not even sure that I want kids. So maybe that's why the pressure isn't on me because Mm -hmm. I, I really don't think I want children and I'm okay with that.
0: I do. Megan, I want to thank you so much for coming back and for sitting inside a closet with me (laughs) while we film this, while we, uh, while we, uh, record, uh, this podcast, Um, I think it built built our intimacy factor definitely and we've uh, I I, I wanted I'm very happy that I I did this with you because I felt like you had a lot of great things to share and when I was going through my breakup you were there and I think in the first breakup I was there like we were we've seen each other in that in that mode and you are always very kind of you know all about self empowerment and sex positive and so I think it was great to see how we went through these this period of time when we felt like we were kind of crazy and inside a hole and we kind of come out of it. And I think that now, no matter what happens, you know how they say, like, first cut is the deepest? Like, that's, you know, song. Um, Now I think that no matter what kind of breakups we would go through in the future, hopefully not that many or, like, not that bad, we would know how to deal with it or, like, it's, it won't be that hard.
1: Yeah, well... Thank you, Maggie, for having me on the podcast. I think that you you gave some great advice too, and you had some really good stories and to share. And
0: any any last thoughts on anybody that's going through a breakup, or you know, trying to get back out there, trying to get their confidence, or or you know, still dealing with loneliness and. and the pressures of being being single
1: if you can take anything out of this podcast it should be after if 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 you can take anything out of this podcast after going through a breakup i would say it would be listen to the songs that we spoke about and we listed spend some time with your friends they're the best people to talk to feel okay with being in pain it's shitty but you have to do it. And wear heels if you're up for it as well. Yeah.
0: I, I I agree. I also think um, try something new. I, I, I would encourage anybody to either with a friend or by yourself. Whether it is something exercise or like, you know, um, going out to do like those paint and sips, which I, I recommend. Um, we should definitely do something like that. Um, or um, do one of those meetups. Um, be with people also that would lift you up, you know, uh, whether it's your friends or again with the with the meetups, there's a lot of different clubs and things that you can find anybody or uh, a group of people that have similar interests and focus on that. I think I think also in that vein, because you and I did a creative writing meetup thing, but being creative also also helps like throw yourself into this use this as as a way to create if you're if you're a creator um i think the the best songs the best paintings the best types of art have always come out of pain unfortunately it's unfortunate but it is true so thank you guys for listening i hope that you guys really enjoyed um this third episode of chicas and margaritas roundtable discussion on sex love and relationships The first two podcasts will be down below and the fourth.